Yo, what's up? This is Mikey Dab, and welcome to the Hype Report. Each week, we recap the biggest stories from Hypebeast directly from the minds of the editorial team. I'm here to connect the dots. Let's get into this week's show. Yo, this is Manny um, at Hypebeast. I'm the music editor here. And this week was exciting um, because for the last, I would say, seven days, social media has been up in arms because of people doing their top 50 rappers list. It initially started off a week ago. Um, where a rapper's top 50 uh, top fifty rappers list uh, went viral online. Then it went super viral when Ebro put it out on Monday. And it's been uh, the talk on social media ever since. So I always enjoy it because it's a good debate. But what also happens, and I also have to tell people two things. I say music is subjective. So my 50, it's going to be different from your 50. It's going to be different for your mom's 50. It's going to be different from your cousin's 50. And my, also, mo- my mom has Luther Vandross in her 50, but <laughs> exactly. not even rap, but go for it. And I also tell this to artists and people who are in, in, who works with artists, this isn't an indictment on yourself. So don't take none of this personally. Um, so, yeah, it's been, been it's interesting week to see different people um, put in their 50. Their to 50 see list. everybody get it taken personal. Yeah. Uh, so, so question for you. Yes. What makes someone's list viable in your eyes? Um. If you can objectively argue this person is better than this person, and when I say objectively, I'm meaning like, all right, this person's impact, this person's skill set, and this person's um, longevity. Body think, of work. Body of work. I think those are just like three clear. I don't really look too much into awards because awards is like really like hip hop. Popularity. Yeah. Grammys never cared about hip hop until like a year ago. So I'm not really looking at that, but those three categories kind of. You can argue, you put in those while looking, think of those three, mm. then I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. All right. So Ebro's list. Yeah. Remy Ma's on there. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm uh, not mad at Remy because she has longevity and rapping wise. She's phenomenal. I would say little Kim. I feel like you have to put Kim before you put Remy. Okay. Okay. I, I can, I grew up on that. So I can definitely see where you're coming from. And then the thing was crazy with um, Ebro's list. I believe he only had Nikki. On there, mm-hmm. uh, and so no, he, he, I believe he had Remy Ma on his as well. Uh, yeah, Nikki and Remy. So for me, I'm just like, you can't like Nikki's for sure. She's she's, she's it, but I think right there by her is Missy. Hmm. Missy and Nikki, those are like two architects. And then you come in with, then I feel like Kim should be in the argument yep, in yep. there because before, because Nikki blew up. Nikki is the, like the queen, and she blew this thing wide open. Foxy, Kim. Little Kim was the prototype. I think Kim was the originator. She's she's the she's the one that everyone tries to be. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she has to be in uh in the top fifty. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, that, that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. Close closing out real quick. So if there are some some artists listening mm-hmm. and they're they're not on that top fifty, like I Joel Ortiz is one of like my favorite and 100%. a lot of people didn't throw Joel Ortiz on the list. <laughs> so I'm not mad at that, but like as as an artist listening and seeing these top fifties going up, like what are some suggestive thoughts that you can throw in there to be like, listen, if your name didn't show up on a list, that's just You should not care at all. Like hip hop specifically is it's so hard to rank. It's like it isn't a, a stat sheet. It isn't an award sheet, like award sheet. It's so hard to rank. So I'll just be like, I had this conversation. Like literally, we put up our list yesterday, and people hit me from labels like, "What about that?" I'm just like, "Who gives a fuck?" Like it does. None of this matters. Just put out the best music you can, and then you'll be fine. 
I mean, it, it does kind of matter. So I just think like you're, you're on a large platform. You got to see yeah. it from there. You're on a large platform. So even people who don't really do the music thing or even know about what lists are going on are like, oh, oh, let me look into this artist. I don't even, I'm not even familiar with this artist. Like young cats growing up, like I, they know the, the historians, obviously, but they don't know anybody else. And then they yeah. see somebody pop a uh, Rakim on your list and like, oh, Rakim, like I've heard that name before. Let me look into that. So if you're not you know, careful with how you make your selection, people start to take it away. Like they, like I said, they're calling you. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm trying to find the way to deliberate how it's like, you know what? I know you didn't make a list, but we're doing another one next year. So I just, think, I just think it's just, it's not an indictment on an artist if you're not on the 50. Because, because like some of these people just may not even understand your music. And then like, it's also people from the South. Like there's a lot of people, most of the lists were East Coast, was, was mainly East Coast artists. Yeah, so there's a lot of people from the South that like, like there was, I saw a bunch of lists who didn't have Scarface in their top 15. I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Ow. Um, so that's why I say like, the top 25 will tell, a, will tell that list if it's valid or not. But when I'm talking to an artist, I'd be like, dude, don't take this personally. It's just entertainment. It's like, it's none of this, all this, this list only is for debates and just conversation. It's not an indictment on your craft. And if you're a good artist or not, it's subjective. Music is so subjective. And so I can feel a way about your music and the person my right next to me can feel a completely different take from it. We're both, we're both have different point of views. And so just make the music, make the music you want to make and then let it all fall on the table. Let it do what it does, baby. Exactly. All right, Manny. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. I'm looking forward to your list. You guys see it. <laughs> my list can have like 15 and that's it. That, that's my list. It's over. I'm not going extra. I'm not friends with nobody. Let's do this. That's a good list. That's a good list. If you want to stay up on the latest music news, check out Hypebeast Music on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash music. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Bob Marshall, senior editor specializing in the realms of footwear and sports. What's up? What's going on? Chilling. I like, I like what we're doing today. Yeah, already. Let, let's, uh, let's get into your specific topic this week, For which sure. was. For sure. I think the biggest news this week out of footwear wasn't really any big industry news. It was just really around drops. And the biggest one is Saturday's uh, August 10th Nickelodeon and Nike collaboration on the Kyrie 5 and the Kyrie 2 Lowe's with SpongeBob mm. and his lovable friends. Um, yeah, that's the big drop this weekend, as well as the One Piece Puma collab. So it's a big, uh, big animation push this week. Are, are you a big anime fan is the first question. Um, not really. I'll be quite honest. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. So yeah, don't yeah. even feel awkward about it because I was For like, sure. One Piece. Like, I've seen this guy in a straw hat, but I don't know anything else. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think I would definitely say that I was a big fan of some of the past collaborations that have come about. Um, we can definitely get into that. But I do think that they nailed it, that Nike did each one of these five colorways like to the T. And that's kind of been the reaction so far among our readers, especially like the SpongeBob's, mm -hmm. the Squidward. The, the younger crowd. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think even like because what it came out 20 years ago. And so even some of us old heads that are in our 30s that, you know, we still watch SpongeBob. We still saw the memes, uh, still shared a lot of the memes. So it, it still kind of resonates with us just as well. Cause yeah. It's not a newer cartoon per se, but it's not. Like Mr. Rogers' I mean, puppets. It's not TMNT, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, you know, we're not going back to Rugrats, but I, so, so in retrospect, I did go over your list. I looked at a list of uh, all the other collaborative shoes that use characters. Like I was, 
I was a little upset about Bait not being on there. I'm not going to lie oh, to you. Word? So, so Bait also did Transformers not not too long ago either. They did it maybe two or three years ago. Correct. So, so yeah. The Transformers and Decepticons. Yeah. I, I will say you're 1,000% correct though. Nike actually hit it on the head, which is which is rare for me sometimes. Like, they'll, they'll do a color blocking scheme and I'm like, eh, I get it. You know, you right. straight yeah, yeah. direct off the whatever the the stature is or whatever they're going yeah. off of but this was like on point sandy cheeks on point i right. just like saying that yeah, name also. absolutely yeah and i'm not even a big fan of the Kyrie tulos mm. but they yeah they totally work like even the mystic crab yep. right it had the bikini bottom like currency That's on the liner at. and everything it's nailed it the spongebob had just a little bit of red for his tie had the squiggly mm-hmm. squish like the squiggly squish is on point man i love when you, when you mess around with the swishes mm-hmm. man that's when it's like yes you got me you, for they, sure they actually put some thought into yeah. it but um, to, to go back to that, yeah, we on uh, on .com and on Twitter, we put out a poll just listing some of our favorite animation collaborations. And we had to say animation because it was, we included cartoons, there yep. was some comic uh, collabs, um, even kind of like movie franchises that were based on cla- yep. uh, uh, cartoons, like the Transformers and anime, and like some weird ones like the Coraline Dumps, which are, those ones are actually going for, and I took... I, once there was some uh, some uh, stock X just a moment ago, the core lines go for anywhere from one thousand to like fifty thousand dollars because they there was a few that were like only fifteen that were made with like this big special wooden box and it came with movie props from mm. the show. That one is the pinnacle of like animation collaborations. What, what was the other movie? The was it the nine? Uh, the the card and then they did the auction on eBay for That's the. Right. They that, did that do was that. The other yeah. one that was super high. Yeah, I think uh, the nine was yeah another one. I, was that part of uh, Phil Knight's production house as well? I, the, I, I think I'm it might have been so right. Yeah, because, because of the Coralines yeah. and uh, and the Paranormans, which mm-hmm. are also oh, Paranorman foams. I, yeah. I didn't even want to bring them up. I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you. I got got on eBay for a pair of those. What? Yeah, like early, early on. I was like, oh, this is this 750. That's not terrible. I'm gonna do that. And then I got it. And I was like, this is the fakest box I've ever seen oh, in my word, entire yeah. life. And, and it was like opened already. I was like, mm. Yeah. No riptide, nothing. Yeah. I'm so upset. And that's what made that's part of what made it such a great sneaker were those boxes exactly. that it had like the like a pull tab yes. to open it up it and it said like and it said undead stock, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like mm, see those little things where they nail it and they, yeah they had like a lot of auctions around those drops. Yep. I think this is something that we've all been waiting for a SpongeBob collab in like the sneaker realm that because the Bapes that was so over ten years ago mm-hmm. and that was such a short run a limited release. Yeah. And you saw Pharrell and the the SpongeBob Bapesters that had like the Croc skin that were just friends and family like his own. The 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 way they love to do it, like oh yeah, this pair is amazing. I know you can't have it. You're never gonna get it. <laughs> um, I do think that once these these drop in a full family size run, and it's going to be quite a bit. I I, I don't I don't think they're gonna be as limited as some people think. I think a lot of your boutiques are gonna get it. I can probably I would I would imagine them being in some like houses of hoops. They they had a few shutdowns already. Yeah, one twenty fifth I know got shut down. Uh, they had to move it from I believe the first house of hoops that they they had on thirty fourth Street. They moved it up to one twenty fifth. Wow. That also got shut down. Like the, what's going to happen is it's going to be like a wide release just over a span of time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because I mean they did the surprise drop mm-hmm. last month, right? Yeah. So this weekend's the bigger one. So I, I don't see the resale value going super high. Maybe just off the rip like the first couple of weeks because like people are the craziest still there but i don't see it reaching the level of some of these other ones that were on our list because they're not nearly as limited but then again i mean there are 
you know, you could still get the, you know, the Goku, uh, Adidas original ZX 500s. Those still go for like three, 400 on stock. I'm, I'm going to speak on that real quick. So, so like I looked over the list and I noticed like the older stuff wasn't really getting the votes, but the, right. the Goku stuff, cause it's the younger guys that don't even know about the stuff that you yeah. were, that, that you went back in the archive and I was like, Oh man, I forgot about these. Oh like yeah. The Fantastic four setup. I was like, Oh my God. And I think the Fantastic Four doesn't nearly doesn't get nearly as much love as it should, and mm -hmm. in, in just the realm of collaboration, if you know, one, I don't think invisible or transparent sneakers are really like. I don't think anybody should be wearing transparent sneakers to be e ever, honest. Ever. But if you're gonna make one and wear one, it's the Invisible Woman. That's the one that you you'd rock, and it makes all the sense, right? What, what was it? The CDG dunk that they just did that was clear. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, they're like, oh, that's so far. I'm like, that, but like they makes they no did sense. that already. Yeah, they exactly. Already. Yeah, like, and and for a proper reason. Yes, exactly. And I and I do think that one was that pack was also what triggered like this trend. You Absolutely. know, the although the Marva. Marvel Bapestas came out first, mm -hmm. and those were pretty on point as well. And like, I think everybody still loves those. It was still kind of a, a smaller release. It was, you know, Bape wasn't the brand it is today. Opening uh, in Paris. Correct. You know, so uh, I think Nike put it on like a global scale, and then everybody kind of picked it up. But yeah, I think Bape is the originator of these uh, comic animation collabs, man. All right, Bob. Appreciate you coming by. Y'all ready? Put the dab on the there. mic. Hey. All right, man. Thanks, guys. For the latest in footwear news, you can check out Hypebeast Kicks on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash footwear. Hey, this is Keith Stiller, our editor at Hypebeast. What's going on, Keith? Going, man. Just going. Um, it's a good Friday. It's definitely a lot of like art content out there. Well, I, I definitely check your, uh, your section out specifically. Uh, this week, we've got Jim Carrey. Yes, uh, we do. I, I need you to elaborate on this for me just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. So Jim Carrey, when he's not the, the comic legend that we know him to be, and traveling for like movies and big shows, stand-ups, he is an artist. He's a painter. And he's been doing it maybe since like the early 2000s. Uh, right now, he's, uh, his politically charged cartoons are the focus of an exhibition at the Phi Center in Montreal called This Light Never Goes Out. And there's over 50 works like torn from like his sketchbook that show like a lot of, you know, his subjective satire on today's kind of polarizing political uh, landscape. Okay, so so I, I, I did get a chance to look at a few of the pieces, obviously via your section. Mm -hmm. um, now, my, my thought process is this. Um, say his name is Jim Brown from Tennessee. He does the same exact drawings, doesn't mm -hmm. get the same kind of acclaim, so to speak. I think it would not, <laughs> unless, you know, those artworks have some sort of, uh, like, stronger message that resonates with a wider audience. You know, I think if... And, and the subject is people that we do recognize, like people like Trump, mm -hmm. um, like political figures like Trump. Um, some of them like uh, are showing like celebrities like, you know, like Bill Cosby, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. A lot of people that I think Jim Carrey is personally frustrated with. Mm. And he said that in this uh, press statement from the museum, he said that the reason why he's drawing this is to kind of share his frustration, but without you know, using his sort of words. Yeah. His words. Yeah. I, I see. I, I feel like that would be a, a larger staple or a bigger attribute to this issue, so to speak. So if, if you feel like it is an issue to speak on it, cause it's interpretive, your art. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be a negative thing, even though the depiction to you seems negative. Yeah. 
So, so like I was, I was looking at it and I was trying to find the angst in it, which you can see, but at the same time, like, like I said, it's subjective. So I, I can see the angst, but I could also see like, oh, it's just a drawing. Yeah. So he is a large figure in comedy, in yeah. movie, in life. Every, Jim Carrey, everybody knows Jim Carrey. You could use that power for good. So mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like a superpower at this point. So you could use it for good. Instead of drawing it where I can take it either way, you can say it. Yeah. Which is why I brought up Jim Brown from wherever, because he could do the same drawings and they'd mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Or he could say something and mean absolutely nothing. You're in a position where you could actually say something that is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, I appreciate the art, obviously, but if you're just leaving it as art and not touching the, the social issues, so to speak, in mm-hmm. the art, where you can speak on those issues. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Where like, you, I, I'd rather Jim Carrey speak on it than put something interpretive. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's been, he's been sort of like in the media, like having these discussions with like interviewees. And then he gets kind of like, he hijacks like mm. the whole session. He doesn't really answer it, but then he has like these sort of like existential like messages. And I think that's like part him being like just an artist in general. Yeah. Cause there is like sort of like an artistry that he, he upholds like when he's acting, you know, like everyone knows that's a signature Jim Carrey move when he's doing like all of his expressions and everything. So I think him like utilizing his art as sort of like a visual language to kind of like display those frustrations makes sense for him now, because if you're interviewing him here, I feel like it would be hard to kind of like decipher mm. what he's talking about. But then when you see like his drawings, it's so obvious, right? Piece together. Yeah, you see like Trump sense. like swimming in like a sewage dump. You see like Hillary Clinton like being portrayed as like a baby fetus mm. and being aborted. You know what I mean? And that's just like parodying like her um, like strong support uh, for abortion. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think there's more of an impact when with the visual art and I mean, that's been happening for like years. Yeah. Well, when the oppressed need something, an outlet, you know, mm-hmm. you have to put it somewhere and they, they stop you from speaking. You yeah. know, it's uh, uh, freedom of speech. They don't care, <laughs> you know? Well, listen, uh, I appreciate getting that different perspective because sometimes you need your eyes opened a little bit. All right. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Mike. Taps on the mic because you know that's how we do it. For the latest in art and design news, follow Hypebeast Art on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash art. Hey, I'm Isaac Rouse. I'm an associate editor for Hypebeast, and we are talking about Disney Plus packaging Hulu and ESPN Plus for $12.99. Um, Disney Plus Vanilla is $4.99, which means by itself. Hulu is $5.99 with ads. ESPN Plus is $4.99. Um, bringing that package together for a 13 buck deal is absolute genius. I have a question for you. Sure. Is this global dominance? Is this the start <laughs> of global dominance? Because that's what I'm afraid of with Disney. Absolutely. I'm- Merging... Companies, companies merging and joining assets is the way of the future. I it, mean, it's insane. As a kid, like Disney, I was like, oh, Disney's great, you know, fantastic. And then like it goes away for a little while and then you start seeing things like Netflix and you're like, who? Like, oh, cool. These are all great. And then I hear they're buying uh, uh, Deadpool and then the Marvel is getting moved into Disney. I'm like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. What's going on here? And I'm, I'm getting confused. And now I see this merger and I look down your very extensive list of the Marvel uh, movies that'll be cinematically coming to the Disney Plus business. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is no good. And then I look at all the Disney stuff and I'm like, oh, DuckTales. I love DuckTales. And then I start to realize they're going to start owning butter soon. And then they're just going to take over the rest of the world. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the global dominance things. All started with them gaining uh, Lucasfilms. So, like, you know, all the new Star Wars movies that's come out have been under Disney. All the previously, because um, I think it was 
think it was Warner Brothers that previously had the rights to all the, the previous Star Wars movies. But now that that's up, um, they have those licenses back. They can put it on their own streaming services. The thing about Disney Plus and why this bundling service is genius is that day one when it releases, it's not going to have a lot of content. Like everybody's expecting every Marvel movie, every Pixar movie to be there day one, but it's not. I think you're getting like four MCU movies. Yeah, yeah I think it was uh, Thor's The Dark World, uh, yeah. Iron Man 1 in 3, I believe, was on that list. And there was one more, which I can't remember. But regardless, they're going to trick, they're going to dangle it for you. Yeah. They're going to dangle it like a little little, little bait. You know, oh, oh, you like these three? But hang on. And then yank you. And then they're pulling you through the water, really. And then they're going to drop another four. And you're like, oh, I'm staying on this line. That's the genius move. Like, CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, this was an investment call when all this news came out. And like his his quote was like to achieve scale quickly, which is what you want to do. You got the Disney name. People trust the Disney name. You got that terrific price point, which is just like a, a introductory rate. Like you don't get people in. Yeah, four ninety nine. Come on yeah. down this dark corner for ESPN. You know. Yeah, you, oh, you like ESPN? <laughs> oh, we're, we're gonna give you a little bit of Disney for six ninety nine. Oh, right. now you're up to twenty nine dollars a year. Exactly. Yeah. So like next year it'll probably go up. But like for people who went in and got the service first, they'll probably retain that same price. And you know you got the Disney catalog to speak of. Like I said, that price, and then you got the bundle. So like a lot of this content won't be day one. Like a lot of the Marvel and, and Pixar stuff won't be day one. But neither will like you know their original content. I think, like, you know, they're working on, like, The Mandalorian, which is, like, live-action Star Wars mm -hmm, uh, series, mm -hmm. John Favreau joint, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, they got Nat Geo involved, but, mm -hmm. like, not all their stuff is going to be on there. Like, it's kind of, like... You got to love a good bundle, though. Uh, you were saying the the grandfather, they, they stopped doing that. I know Netflix didn't do it. When yeah. they did their, oh, guess what? Oh, we're, we're charged. I know you've been with us forever. Uh, yeah. We don't care. We're charging everybody $13 now. <laughs> I was like, uh... Okay, and I just, I just, I just went with it. Yeah, that's the fear thing that I have going on too. That's the okie doke. When you see them growing like this, and once they see that they're, um, I guess, if you're on Netflix and now you see the streaming services better on Disney, you're gonna make that jump. And as like their climb goes up, you know that you can raise your price because you have all these people that are just committed to you now. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Like Gary. Netflix laid out the foundation for the whole streaming mm -hmm. service kind of climate, but with Disney coming in with like I think entities like HBO Max, where like Time Warner Media just they did a merger of their own, and they have a whole bunch of assets themselves. And I mean, gonna be HBO's effed. Uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones is over, so like that that streaming service like is is almost moot at this point. I think uh, is, is Euphoria on Stars or no, that's, that's HBO, that's which get some traction. So, so a lot of traction on Euphoria. So I'm glad that they got that. Until the next Game of Thrones series, like I know everybody that I know that uses HBO, they they cancel. Yeah, for sure. Until the next season starts, so that, that's what everybody does. So like they're trying to find a way to range it to keep everybody locked in, but they don't have enough shows. Disney's taking over. And their HBO Max price is like $16. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Especially for like an out the gate yeah. platform. But like- What am I getting? You're getting a lot, but- Meh. <laughs> but the good thing about the mergers is there's a ton of subscription services out there right now, like mm. literally hundreds. Yeah. And it's like, it's a polluted kind of like uh, 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 market right now. But what's gonna happen since Disney is doing all this merging stuff, other companies are gonna wanna start merging with other- They're gonna dirty com it up. Companies and, and just to survive. They're gonna dirty it up point. real quick. It's, it's, gonna get, it's gonna get scary out there for a little while yeah. in the streaming world. It, it, watch what alleys you go down, watch <laughs> what things you buy. It's gonna be scary for a little bit, but we'll get it figured out. That's what happens when new uh, technology emerges, you know, streaming. Uh, <laughs> I can't get over this dominance thing. They just have so much, not even counting their own classic cartoons and stuff like so, that. So they're definitely going to, they, they said they were dropping classic Disney movies as well. Little Mermaid's popping up. Yeah, but like not a lot of the marquee ones like your Lion King and like. I mean, they just put it out again. So <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you need to. But, but so like 
Uh, wasn't there something with like Disney? They didn't put out the original movies for like a certain for X amount of years, so you weren't able to purchase them. Yeah, that Disney Vault. Yes, the Disney Vault stuff. Yeah. So obviously, like they're like, oh, let's crack that vault just a touch. And it's excellent. Like as far as the Fox stuff, like they have the Simpsons on there day one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah now you're you're refreshing the list on me. Yeah. Every episode of the Simpsons. Every episode of the Simpsons. I would I would start from one and just binge. Absolutely, that's the move. Who needs a quickie mart? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but it's it's genius stuff like bundling all these services is like essentially kicking Netflix in the balls. Like Netflix is um running scared right now. They work in like a deficit kind of like structure right now, which means all the stuff they pay for for content is like they're not actually giving up money. Mm. It's retrickling back into the actual system. Absolutely. So so the only thing I do prefer about Netflix is that are their original series. Like I, I've actually deterred from watching Netflix movies that they put on to sticking with the shows that they create. Fantastic. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the... Excellent. The, there's a couple of like wizarding episodes that I watched and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really good. Like a lot of their episodes... Uh, carbon fiber, uh, altered carbon, I'm sorry. Like yeah. a lot of really good original shows, which I don't think they're going to be able to contest with on other platforms unless they start buying those shows out. That's what um, happened with like your Daredevils and all your Marvel Netflix shows. It well, they had like, to discontinue because they had to go to Disney. Yeah, Disney, they raised the price to such a level where like Netflix is like, it's not a point and re-up. The contract it. has to go. Yeah, but that's how Netflix works like with any show. So like if a sees like if Sabrina... Season three is horrible. It, it won't come back. It's that type of thing. It works on like a what do you have? What have you done for me lately? Like, oh wow! Type scale. Oh, I like your style, <laughs> Eddie. Eddie, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm right here, buddy. Don't worry. I'm, right I'm with you. If it comes to a point where like that deficit is getting to them and they just need a means to survive, you might see the very uh, platform that started the streaming service bow out and join the Disney regime. I like your style. I appreciate you stopping by, Isaac. I Yo. look forward to more. Are you on? Let's do daps on the mic. Everybody's getting daps today. Don't worry about it. Uh, I appreciate uh, looking forward to more stuff from entertainment from you specifically. For the latest in entertainment news, follow Hypebeast on Instagram or go to Hypebeast.com forward slash entertainment. Uh, hi, I'm Jake. I'm uh, an editor here at Hypebeast, and I'm specifically talking about the recent acquisition of New Guards Group by Farfetch, which happened on August 8th. That is very, is, is it good news? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially not news for most of us. Uh, Off-White, the biggest name that's part of the acquisition, is uh, moving ahead untouched, essentially. All the brands, Heron Press and Palm mm -hmm. Angels, this means basically status quo for them. The acquisition is for the license of these brands, so not necessarily even the, the brands themselves. Farfetch now owns approximately, on average, 75% of each of these brands. What this is more indicative of is Farfetch's sort of aim to grow as a company and as a fashion powerhouse, like in terms of just sheer revenue, not including uh, the gross profit, just the sheer revenue in the past half year, they've made approximately just under 400 million. This purchase was 675 million for New Guards Group. Uh, New Guards Group, for those unaware, is the group that owned originally the licenses, for, exclusive licenses for brands like Off-White, Heron Preston, Palm Angels, Marcella Berlon, etc. So this purchase cost Farfetch a significant amount of money. The big takeaway here is how they're looking to grow as a company. They're really looking to step into fashion. You know, this is their first major foray into uh, production. They actually call it uh, connected wholesale, what they're looking to do, which is 
where they're going to speed up the production of these brands. They're going to get them out to uh, customers a little bit faster. Farfetch originally was a third party in this. That, that, that's what I was going to lead yeah. towards next. So like, like most people don't understand what Farfetch really is. Sure. So uh, I'm going to let you step in on that one. Sure. So far, well, Farfetch is like a, it's a middleman, essentially. It's a platform for boutiques around the globe to get their product to uh, customers, international customers. It's, it's a lot easier than, say, opening up a web store because there's so much headache in terms of logistics and uh, you know, designing that store alone. Farfetch takes care of all that. They handle that sort of technical aspect, so to speak. And uh, with this move, they're essentially saying, you know, they already admitted in the in the press release, they not admitted, but acknowledged mm -hmm. that Off White's one of their like, top ten like, brands. I like you're yeah. right there. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not. It's not a. It's not a shameful thing at all. Mm -hmm. It's a, definitely, if anything, it was a proof of just how big Off White is, because that's obviously the biggest name. Yeah, and, I, I noticed also like obviously they're not even going to do anything with it because they're they're making right. money. They're just making their shipping and everything else easier for yeah. them. So, so my bigger thing was like, I obviously used it far-fetched and I was like, all right, let me, let me do a little bit of research before we get into this bad sure, boy. Sure. And I noticed like they have this big, um, continuing statement of furthering the future brands yes. and they want future brands. Brands to be, of like, the future. Like, what does that mean exactly? Like I, I feel dominance. Like we just had a segment on entertainment about, sure. you know, Disney taking over. Now I feel this is almost in the same realm just because you want those brands mm -hmm. uh, of the future to have a place to live. Like not I, like I have a brand. Can I go to Farfetch? Like that's yeah. it's not going to work like that. It's going to be people who have names already, and then they're going to be like, okay. Well, well, we like what you're doing. We see that there's profit in you. You can come to us and your brand of the future. Is, is that what you see as a thing too, or am I just cynical? No, I mean I think you're on the right track. I think their goal and they they outline it a little bit more. It's obviously vague because you know it's not they're not going to give away the whole strategy, but definitely brands of tomorrow. The, they do say <laughs> brands of the future. Yeah. Uh, word for word, brands of the future. So I think what they're looking to do, New Guards Group uh, was, and I guess still is, they're not being completely swallowed by Farfetch. They're probably most likely working side by side from the language that they used. Uh, New Guards Group is going to continue to manage and develop. And I think Farfetch's role here is to give them the resources to expand. Mm -hmm. They want to encourage them to continue sourcing talent. They just had a Peggy Go, Kieran, her, her brand, she's a DJ. Her brand was just introduced in the past year or so. And I think that was like the first of what's to come, which is where they're sourcing global talent to create their own brand. I'm going to be picking your brain after this. Just okay. to throw it out there. Sure. Um, so so I'm, gonna, I'm trying to think of who else. Like I said, like the smaller brands, it doesn't really affect. It, right. it, it only affects people who are in that realm of actually becoming or past that plateau, so mm -hmm. to speak. Because, you know, as like an up and coming brand, you watch them go and then there's always that one person that wears their brand and it's like oh that's fire right and then everybody needs a piece of that and it also that's the new hot thing so mm -hmm. it, it, it's I, I think it ascertains more to those brands than anything else i was trying to think what was the other i should have said you brought notes i didn't bring notes I'm and this is to... what happens so yeah, i keep it too loose <laughs> now i'm too loose i don't know what i'm talking about um, i did my homework <laughs> uh far-fetched oh this is fresh news this is like literally yeah. not not 24 hours ago so i was uh, so i did the the first you did two articles though it was, it was the one that just dropped and there was an earlier post date about the acquisition happening or like upcoming, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this was a surprise. This came as a surprise. There was no, there was news. The Fashion Insiders kind of knew it was. Fashion Insiders knew Farfetch was spending. Yeah. There was a recent article about how much Farfetch is, is investing in alternative means of sort of, a, I guess, like you said, asserting dominance and how it can like expand its presence. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, at the end of the day, basically, you and I, uh, people buying the clothes, people looking at the clothes, even the brands themselves are probably not going to have really anything change. It's it's really like Farfetch is changing its mindset from we're a third party, we're 
making things happen to uh, we are going to be the things that are happening. We are going to be the, the platform for this expansion. So as for the people, like you said, who are wearing the hot brands, I mean, maybe mm. could be, but uh, I would be I would be hesitant to say anything just yet. Well, I appreciate the insight, and uh, I learned a little bit today. I'm not going to lie to you, which is my favorite thing to do on a daily basis, learn new things. Jake? Yes. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. For the latest in fashion and style, follow Hypebeast Style on Instagram or go to hypebeast.com forward slash fashion. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Hype Report. You can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes on hypebeast.com forward slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment and let us know what you think about this week's topics. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Mikey Dab, and that's two Bs. Shout out to our editorial team, Manny, Bob, Jake, Isaac, and Keith. I'm Mikey Dab, and thanks for listening to The Hype Report.